Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast with my mom, Monica Swanson. On the Boy Mom Podcast, it is our goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcasts. We're so glad you're here. We already have what our kids need. And if you're focused on building their character first, which means finish what you start, which means maybe some days you need to step away and come back because you're getting too emotional or getting too frustrated. I have to do that a lot with my son. And 10 out of 10 times, he calms down, comes back and does it just fine. You know, so these are coping skills you're teaching them. And, and kids who struggle with harder um, subjects or they're thrown into college and they have to figure it out now on their own because they're adults. The ones who do well, I find, are the ones who have that emotionally healthy foundation from their family. You're listening to the voice of my friend, Jen Bryant, as we invite you to join our conversation today about ways we can approach homeschooling with less stress and more heart, how homeschooling really can be an incredible blessing for both parents and students. I really wanted to take the time to dedicate another episode to the topic of homeschooling because I know this is so relevant to so many of you right now. Now, some of you are already homeschooling, and I hope this will be an encouragement to you, but there's also others of you trying to figure out what in the world to do this coming school year. From part-time school with masks and social distancing, ugh, to more Zoom calls and public school curriculum done at home, to those of you who are really considering taking the plunge and homeschooling your kids on your own at home. And if that's you, I want to encourage you. I remember so well what it was like when I first made that choice. So I wanted to offer some encouragement and hope to tell anyone who's feeling overwhelmed with the options in front of them that choosing to homeschool, as in do your own thing, your own curriculum, not what the public schools give you, is probably not nearly as hard as you might think, or at least it doesn't have to be. And as I prepared to cover this topic, my friend Jen came to mind immediately, and for good reason. Jen just opened up a new membership site on her website, and its name says it all. It's called Homeschooling Made Simple. Who could be better to have this conversation with, right? So Jen and I are going to cover seven ways to simplify homeschooling. I think they're going to encourage you again, whether you're already homeschooling or just thinking about it. And in case you haven't started looking into curriculums or you feel lost in all of that, anything Jen and I mention will be linked to in the show notes. And I'll also link to the other episodes where I've talked about homeschooling and I have other links to homeschool curriculums there. And really most of them, again, will give you some really simple options to be with. Now, just a little bit of background on how I met Jen, because I think it's funny. I was originally introduced to Jen through blogging and podcasting friends who live on the mainland, which is kind of funny because Jen lives right here on my island, Oahu. Um, of course, she lives on the exact opposite end of the island, which is like when you live on an island, that seems really, really far away, but just over an hour away. But after communicating for about a year, Jen and I finally met in real life just before the world went into quarantine. And over lunch, I felt like I had known Jen all my life. I think you're going to feel the same way. You'll find tons of comfort in Jen's words and even in her voice. I just adore her. So Jen and I do get chatty in this one, but I hope you can make it to the very end because because I think Jen shared some incredibly encouraging words just near the end, and I don't want you to miss them. So guys, I just want to thank you again for being here. 
Thank you for your ratings and reviews. Thank you for spreading the word about this podcast. You guys are all so special to me. And next week, we're going to be celebrating. We're celebrating the one-year anniversary of the release of my book, Boy Mom. So if you haven't read it yet, and if you enjoy this podcast, may I shamelessly invite you to order a copy of Boy Mom as a way to support my work. And guys, I think in return, you're going to get tons of practical support and encouragement in the book. So I hope you can order Boy Mom. If you already have a copy, maybe this week, again, just to help celebrate, you can order a copy for a friend. That would be so awesome. It's also been quite a while since I've mentioned, um, Amazon reviews are really, really helpful. So if you've read Boy Mom and you haven't gone on Amazon and just left five stars or a few words about what you love about the book, would you take just a minute to go over and do that? That is so helpful. So thank you for taking the time. Great time to do it. Helping me celebrate the one-year anniversary, getting as many ratings and reviews as we can. Again, that just tells Amazon that people like it and that bumps it up so that more people find the book rather than a t-shirt that says Boy Mom or a mug or, you know... Amazon's funny that way. So leave those ratings and reviews. More people will find the book and get to read it and get to be encouraged. Okay, guys. Now, I do want to warn you, um, and I know that I feel like I say these kind of things a lot, but um, my microphone wasn't working in this interview. So I think that the computer was just picking up my voice. Jen sounds marvelous, but my voice is not very strong in this interview. And I just cared too much about what we talked about to not share it. I was like, we have to share this interview. So please bear with me. And I'm sorry, can I just say it's a miracle that I'm a podcaster at all? Like technology and I are not best friends. So I'm working on things. I've ordered a new microphone. I've got these awesome teenage boys that help me through everything. But for today, my mic is not sounding good at all. So thanks for putting up with that. Hope the conversation is worth it. So grab your cup of coffee, find a comfy spot to join Jen and I as we dive into seven ways to make homeschooling simple. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Jen, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Oh, I'm stoked to be here, Monica. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to getting you on with me here since we took so long to finally meet and got to finally have lunch right before the world closed down. Had so much fun getting to know you. And so it's fun to team up with you here. Yes, yes. I just love what you're doing with with all the boy moms. And since I too am a boy mom, this is uh, exciting to talk about. Yeah. You're a blessed boy and girl mom. So (laughs) I got to meet her girl and she's just darling and precious and So I'm excited. Jen is doing all kinds of things to support families. I'm going to let her tell you all a little bit more about herself. So why don't you start with that? Introduce yourself, your family, where you live, all the way across the island from me. So give everyone a little bit about you. Oh, so far. I was blessed to to realize that you live on the same island as me because all of this communicating across the country Mm -hmm. and airwaves has all been people who are so far from me, but it's such a blessing to have another communicator that's so close and to actually meet up and hug each other is wonderful. Um, I run practicalfamily.org. I started that about five years ago and it, it really came out of a, um, a need for an outlet for me. I, I, I love teaching and learning and discovering things and starting a blog and a podcast was just right up my alley and I use it to encourage moms to strengthen them for real life struggles and what that ends up meaning the most or the most common issues that moms are having is coming to grips with their own identity as they walk through motherhood because so many things change. We let go of so many things and and we feel like we, we can't or we don't deserve to have the things that we really want to pursue or or the things that make us who we are, you know. Mm-hmm. So I love to talk to moms about how to use their God-given strengths to Mm -hmm. to love their kids because you are the best mom for your kids because god Mm -hmm. gave them to you and um and i love to help moms discover the strengths that they have to to bless others in their circles you know in their communities and wherever they show up because you know because god lives in us he gives us all that power and and love and light to to love others so i love that And we're going to link to all the places you're doing that because you have a lot to share in different areas. Today, we're going to be talking about homeschooling, and I love what you're doing to support moms in that. 
But um, yeah, share your maybe kids' ages and what you've got going with your husband. And yes, and yes, yes, that's right. I know I got off on one track. I'm like, okay, my family, <laughs> my family. Um, so my family, um, gosh, Bruce and I have been married for about 14 years, and he was born and raised here. He's a Hawaiian guy, mm -hmm. and he went to Kamehameha schools, and he's he's got all that cult cultural goodness he in his background. Good pigeon. He speaks some good pigeon, yeah. <laughs> a real good pigeon, real good pigeon. If, if, you're, if you're not aware, have you talked about pigeon on your podcast? No, I don't think I have. <laughs> Please. Please. Guest appearance. Seriously. I mean, I'm not the one to demonstrate for sure, but like- the My my sons love to try. Yeah. Do they really? I want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. It's just, it's the local dialect, right? So like in every, every um, part of the country, you have this real kind of slang way of talking and that's pigeon is the Hawaii slang. It's so funny. Um, but when I used to teach actually in the public schools and um, the, the public school kids taught me a lot of that. And I, I got to learn a lot of their culture too. And and that experience I have found that God led me to that when I met my husband and married him, moved to Hawaii, I was thrown into this really incredible cultural experience um, coming from Southern California myself, uh, mostly in Hispanic communities, and I'm half Hispanic myself. So, so learning a new culture and then learning to be married to someone who's from a different culture and then raising kids in that culture, you know, it's, it's just incredible. And, and I think we as moms have so much to learn when it comes to how to integrate all of those beautiful things together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have two kids, Chloe and Asher. Chloe's 11, Asher is 10 currently. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they're at that sweet little pre-teen pre stage that yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy all the little... Uh, uh seasons they go through but but they're precious and and energetic and they have all their great ideas and, and mm -hmm. they're darling they are darling yeah. yeah we'll we'll share a photo of your family too in show notes because your son looks like he <laughs> belong in my family I know. <laughs> <laughs> our husband, she's dark and she's got this little blonde i know, I know. genetics are even right, right? He's got blue eyes. Yeah. Our, gen our, genetic, our genetic pool got all shaken up, I think, because my husband and I have a little bit darker features and out popped a little blonde boy with blue eyes. <laughs> I love so, it. It's so funny. Yeah. It is so funny. Well, we've got lots of topics that we could and we'll talk about over time together because um, we share a heart for our family, for encouraging moms and all of these things. But today I wanted to have Jen join me because as the summer goes on, I'm getting more and more and more questions from moms who are really trying to figure out the homeschool thing, whether they are being forced to do school at home through the school system, or maybe they've been wanting to homeschool for a long time, whatever the case may be. And, and we have such a variety of uh, things that lead us to homeschooling and so many different ways to approach homeschooling. But what Jen loves to talk about and what just gets me so excited is just learning to approach homeschooling with a little bit different mindset, kind of simplifying our approach so that we don't get overwhelmed. And so today, Jen and I are going to talk about seven ways to keep homeschooling simple. And Jen's going to share some resources at the end that she has to offer if you want to join her and get more support from her. Um, but first of all, I think it's important to know that we, like I said, we all come from different places. Jen talks about our why, you know, why do we homeschool? Uh, some of us, some women I talked to wanted to homeschool from the very beginning. Like they started dreaming of homeschooling before they ever had kids. And then there's people like me that never dreamt I would homeschool. I was raised in the public schools, as was my husband, just always assumed I would have that sweet life my mom had. If I was so blessed to be a stay-at-home mom, I thought, oh yeah, I get to do all the things, but then I send the kids to school and I've got my own time. And somehow as I got closer and closer to schooling and uh, my oldest son went through first grade in a private school. And then there was a variety of things. It was, um, some of it was looking at the cost of private school, which I just knew we couldn't afford for the long term. And the public schools in our area were so-so. In general, Hawaii's not ranked real great, but there's some pockets that have decent schools. And I knew people that were happy, but I just personally didn't have a piece in me about sending my kids to school. I, I think I just felt this conviction that if I'm home and I love them so much and I just wanted to be a part of their education and I, I knew how important character was and I knew that that could be formed better the more time 
time I had with them. And so I tried it out really as an experiment one year. My husband wasn't super excited about the idea, but he gave me his blessing. And then um, about by the end of that year, my husband was like, this is amazing. Like, let's keep doing it. That's when I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. It's a big commitment. But as we have gone on and on, we have just loved the lifestyle. Um, so Jen, why don't you tell people kind of your journey? Because it's different from mine. And I think that'll encourage people. Yeah. Well, um, I grew up in the public school system also. I went to the same school that my parents did, graduated from in this small town in Southern California. And it was sort of just expected that, you know, that's what you do and you you do the local community things. And and then I went to college at a, a private Christian college, which was an incredible blessing. I got to study theology there and um, get trained as a teacher. Um, what I realized going through school at, at the higher education level was that I, I felt like there were a lot of gaps that I was really yearning for as an adult that I kind of had to, I had to find on my own, you know, because you're only kind of given so much at a, at, you know, in a school environment that's just trying to, just trying to convince kids to graduate, right? <laughs> there are all kinds of different levels of motivation from each family. That's like, well, not everybody even wanted to go to college in the town that I grew up in, you know, that there were just different aspirations. And so, you know, I, I got through my schooling and it was never on my radar to homeschool either. I went through the teacher credentialing program because I thought, well, you know, I love to teach. That's where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to just become a classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they teach you, you know, the, the American public school system. You just, yeah. you learn about the system in which children are educated in large groups and the best mm -hmm. way to do that. And yeah. so I learned tons of strategies, great um, classroom management techniques, which have come in handy for leading <laughs> larger groups of people. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's really good. But um, the, the, concept, the concept of homeschooling was always on the back burner for me because I didn't see any really great examples of it. Mm. It just... You know, we just didn't happen to hang out with other families who did that, not because we didn't want to, but it was just so not mm -hmm. around, not a whole yeah. lot of people did it right. where I grew up. And so, right. um, so it was just a thing that I had to learn about, um, as I, uh, I was a public school teacher for about four years, mm. taught middle school and, uh, and that was a challenge. I loved it. But what ended up happening is my church wanted to open a preschool. And they asked me, Jen, you're a teacher. Can you open a preschool for us? Well, mm -hmm. I was like, sure. But little did I know, it required a lot of early childhood education, um, education, <laughs> which yeah, was yeah. not a part of your typical teacher right. training program in college. You don't learn about kids from zero to five. You learn from kindergarten to high school. Okay. Yeah. So what, what God ended up doing with me is um, he sent me to uh, learn about early ed to be able to run this preschool effectively. And I was having kids at the same time. Like I was pregnant and popping out my own babies, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we were just thinking, oh, well, praise the Lord. They get to go to mommy's preschool and not have, we don't have to worry about that expense. But once they got into regular school, they were going to be sent off. And so... What, what I started thinking about was, well, what if we did homeschool? Well, then I, I, wouldn't, I couldn't work anymore. And what would we do if that was the case? So it became a money thing and a time thing. Sure. Um, but what God ended up doing is I, I, I was taken away from that responsibility that I had at the, at the preschool at the church. And he, he basically left me with, with that choice. Like I was at home, I was sitting, I was going through this re-identification process and going, God, what am I supposed to do now? Like, am I supposed to just stay at home? Do I go back and get a job? Do I go back and get a ministry job? I didn't know. Like, I want, I want to work for you, Lord. Yeah. God was like, think about homeschooling. And, and during that time, your kids had started going to public, was it public school or private school? They were like those early years after yeah. school. After preschool, they went to a public charter school in kindergarten. Okay. And they were there for about through through about third grade or so. Okay. And at about the third grade mark, it was really heavy on my heart to try to homeschool because I had started to get to know mothers who were choosing mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And so I'm learning about, well, okay, 
how is this going to be different from all the education that I've had about how to educate children? And, you know, is it along the same lines or is it different? And I, I admit that I was real skeptical about, well, do moms know enough about how to educate to make it, mm-hmm. you know, sure. worth, worth their while? Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of ignorance. I it was, it was a misrepresentation of the homeschool community because there were all these dumb stigmas going around about how weird homeschoolers are. And, yeah. and it was interesting to hear even public school teachers talk about the concept of homeschooling because it was usually always negative. Mm-hmm. But what I found out was when I began this journey myself, and then I would tell my former public school teacher friends about it, almost every one of them said, gosh, I wish I would have homeschooled my kids. Mm, Wow. Wow. (laughs) And this is them having been teachers in the school system and they love their jobs. It's not that they don't love what they do, but they wanted better for their kids, their own kids. And I'm like, wow, Lord, you led me to do something that was ultimately going to be really, really good for my family. You know, the the point of it was like God had his hand on me that whole time, because even through even through training and what I thought I wanted to to be and do as a as a woman, I guess, or as someone just called by God into the community, he ended up molding it and turning it into this incredible, um, I think, formula to be able to be home with my kids now and to help other moms through the process. It's just it's incredible. It's incredible. I love that. And I think what you went through by having them already in the school and that process of trying to decide, do I have enough? Do I have what it takes? Am I going to give them what they would get in a, you know, a, a traditional school setting is something that goes through almost every, every homeschool mom I've talked to has said at some point they, they had to wrestle with all of those things. And so I think that's a good place to start as we dive into these seven, um, seven ways we can simplify our approach to homeschooling. And and this can be for homeschool moms. If you're already homeschooling, you might just feel like I know about two years into things, I realized that I had just complicated the whole thing. That like, if I'm going to continue this for the long term, I've got to simplify some things. And some of that was the way I approached it, just my own mindset. Some of it was uh, the curriculum I was using, the things that I was choosing to do because I felt like I had to. And um, also, if you're not a homeschool mom yet and you're thinking about it and thinking it has to be really hard and you have to give up your whole life, um, then this is for you too. So wherever you fall on the spectrum of thinking about homeschooling all the way through already homeschooling, I think that these seven ways to keep homeschooling simple is going to be really um, helpful and good. So Jen, I've got the list that you shared with me and I'm going to kick you off by um, tell, naming number one, which is begin with a simple schedule. And um, you mentioned rhythm and flow. What does a simple schedule look like? How can people approach? Like right now, it's this is the end of July. As people are looking at August, September, how can we start with a simple schedule? Oh, so coming into a new school year, you know, I, I think I had built it up in my mind so much like it was the first day of school. You know, coming into the first day, you come and sit down, the teacher reads you the rules, and mm-hmm. and you have something to do basically every half hour of the day from eight in the morning till two in the afternoon. So as a former teacher and ha- having planned for a day like that, that's how I began to approach my day in the be- in the beginning of bringing my kids home. And little did I realize was that that was way overwhelming. Mm-hmm. See, I thought my life was going to be easier because I only had a couple kids to teach rather than 30 at a time, right? right. So we would have a much <laughs> richer time because, but it's just two people, two people yeah. that like, they get it. Okay. And then they're ready to move on They're It yeah. truly doesn't take as much so time. You don't need eight hours is what you're saying. No, not at all. <laughs> Amen. In the early years, especially don't try to do eight hours. Seriously, school school at, it's not school at home, it's homeschool. And I love Mm -hmm. when moms say that, and I kind of interpret it different ways when I hear it, because home comes first. Like the the beautiful, um, hopefully relaxing Mm -hmm. 
secure environment that you create at home. Like I actually tried to bring home into my classroom. When I was a classroom teacher, Mm -hmm. I brought in carpets and lamps and plants because a lot of these kids just didn't get that. But now that I have my own kids at home, I'm like, it's more important that we are focusing on loving each other and listening to each other. And Mm -hmm. so the start of a simple schedule could look like you know, doing devotions in the morning, just start with like reading the word together. And it doesn't need to be exhaustive. I tend to want to make things a Bible study because again, I'm such a teacher, but I have to remind myself that let's just read the story and see what they say about it. And let's pray together. So you model prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. Moving on from there, they could have, they could be practicing their writing maybe mm-hmm. while they're listening to an audiobook or something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they could catch maybe words that they didn't understand. And we can talk about words, but again, that doesn't need to be longer than maybe 20 minutes to start. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. a thing. And then you could have them take a break, <laughs> just take a break and maybe fold some oh, no. a little bit. Yeah. It's just, it, just let it flow simply. It doesn't need to be so rigid. Because yes. I think rigidity comes into our minds when we feel like it, it has to be academic. If it's, if it doesn't feel like school, then it's not school. Totally. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah. I think when I first started, I just had such a picture and I, I tend to still do this to some extent, but a picture in my head of what a school day looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I was also trying to kind of mimic that at home and I still do best with a bit of a checklist. You know, mm-hmm. I want to make sure they do math. They do their yes. English or grammar. They read every day. But I think that when you have a full day ahead of you, you can look at it exactly what Jen said and and kind of say, okay, between now and lunchtime, let's cover Bible. Let's read maybe one other thing and then play. And you're like, oh my goodness, that is so doable. Mm-hmm. So having a loose schedule, I think is helpful. Mm-hmm. So that by three o'clock, you're like, I mean, honestly, if you have something fun to do at noon, you can easily get it all done by noon at almost any yes. age. Luke is going to be 11th grade this year, and his day is going to be a bit grindier because we're trying to do pre-calculus and, you know, harder things. But when they're little, just get it done and give them the, let them go wiggle, let them go run and play. So simple schedule. And then that goes right with number two, which is add a little more at a time. And I think that's key when you're first starting off, especially yeah. talk to us about that. Yeah, a little more at a time. Um, we uh, currently we use the classical conversations curriculum, and it's a classically based. Um, you know, we we learn a lot of facts and and dates and things like that. Um, yeah. it, there are certainly many other you know styles of homeschooling out there, but yeah, yeah. So adding a little more at a time. Um, I mentioned uh, the CC program because this is where I hear it most often. CC um, moms always say to each other, it's easy plus one. You need to think of, of the content of what you give your children academically um, or the level at which they can complete a task. Have mm. them complete something that is easy for them. You don't jump, jump in and challenge them with, with harder things, even though you think they should be able to do it by now. It's yeah. not necessarily true. Like We have to read off of the... Um, the the not just the emotions but the words that our kids are sharing and and let them be able to share with us freely not just oh, i don't want to do it you know we have all have to get past the you know i don't feel like it today blues right but mm-hmm. but honey do you not want to do it because it's confusing to you let's go back let's do the easy and then we'll add one challenging thing just I, one so smart and i think yeah. it's of IEW who talks about how important it is to make, build their confidence. So yes. give them something they can just do that they feel like they're a master at. And that's why I've mentioned before, I think that I'll say, okay, Levi, what's two plus two? Well, if he knows four, now we're starting on a positive note. Mm-hmm. So just start with something, you know, that they know that makes them feel good. And then I love that it's easy plus one. I just wrote that down. It's yeah. going to be my new motto. (laughs) (laughs) And it's helped me too, as a mom, because for me, the schedule, when when I feel like I need to um, throw uh, up a lot of things on the schedule to check off, because I'm, I too, am a checklist person. I, it's hard for me to say, just, just go slow. Let's just see what happens. (laughs) But, But I've learned to be more that way so that I don't stress my kids out because I can be intense when it comes to getting things done. I'm a better done kind of mom. And 
mm-hmm. that it has. I have driven my kids to near insanity because of my need to check a list. Yeah. I know. Here, I, what I love about this is for someone like you and me who are these checklist types and might be tempted to push. I love that when you realize that by slowing down mm-hmm. and taking longer to read that story, to talk about it, to memorize something, to laugh as you go, mm-hmm. when you look back, you realize the value that this there's more value in taking your time and really enjoying the process than in checking three extra things off of the list. And so I think mm-hmm. if you can trust those of us who are already doing it, those of us who have learned maybe the hard way and start off that way, you will lie in bed at night. And you will think back over your day and you will have such sweet memories mm-hmm. of go doing that poem together and not just rushing through it to check it off a list, but doing it with heart. And I don't know. I, I mean, it's taken me a long time to realize the value, but mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value in taking it slow. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you. And it really eventually all points back to me being worried about building their character which is why I love that you put together your character education course, because for me, that's, that's a large part of it. I think my husband and I, because we're both business owners and we are both that type of person, like get it done, stop making excuses. You know, we we can be graceless when it comes Mm -hmm. to the kids learning process, you know? Um, And it's in it's, it does take a lot of divine interventions some days for me to just make sure that I see my kids because what I want to prevent is them being lazy. You know, we want to help them see it through, but I find myself um, putting, making the goal, the idol, instead of making the relationship more important than that. That's huge. Everybody listen to that one. And this really, it goes, we pretty much covered number three, which is ease in slowly to prevent overwhelm. So anything to add to that? Or did we just take care of that? That's, I think we took care of that. Okay. And and everyone know that this will be in show notes. I'm going to list these seven steps and and they're simple. They're simple because our focus right now is on really making homeschooling simple because it can be, you can give your kid a great education and keep it simple all at the same time. Okay. Number four is stick with the plan. Try not to change too often. And you mentioned here macro versus micro consistency. Talk to us about that. Yes. So sticking with a plan um, is uh, sometimes a subjective idea because uh, every homeschool home is different. But what I want to help moms to separate what I've had to do in my mind is to think about your macro plan, macro meaning like the bigger picture. Okay. Huge. This so, is huge. so yeah. even it, like, let's say, and you can look at macro on a couple of different levels. Like you can, you can span it over the course of a year. Okay. So from, for this school year, what I want my ch- children to be able to do or get through or understand, maybe it's, you know, most of their math book. I want them to be able to maybe um, do the homeschool test at a level of competency, like yeah. whether or not they excel. Okay. So you have your larger goals, right? Maybe that means that in order to achieve those larger goals, you need to break down the micro steps and go, okay, well, if we're going to get here by the end of the year, that means that we've got to work on math every other day. Let's say we hit math Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And this is another misconception that I, that I uh, had to fix from early years is that you have to do every subject every day. Mm-hmm. And no, you don't, you really don't. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, a little bit of practice on something every day is good, but it doesn't have to be like, well, give yourself room to not do yeah. that. So when it comes to being consistent with going over certain subjects or even just finishing books, you know, it's tempting to be so like squirrel, you know, squirrel in our, in our attention as a mom, because there are a lot of great resources, but keeping homeschool simple has so much more to do with like finishing the small steps that you start so that you're consistent on a macro level. If Mm. you are not consistent on a micro level, meaning that your schedule kind of changes every day and there's nothing really that your kids can count on. And then your husband looks over like, wait, I thought we were supposed to be doing this today. Oh yeah, but this came up and da, 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 da. (laughs) I mean, it happens, right? Like, and I don't say that to, to, to put any mom down or make her feel bad because I do that too. 
but it's recognizing, whoa, I'm doing that way too often. And we, we are not consistently on a micro level finishing what we need to do to hit our goals on a larger scale. And then we end up feeling guilty, right? Because it's like, right. oh, I'm way behind in math. I'm way behind on their reading or spelling. And Totally. So tell me if a key to this, I love what you're saying, but is a key to this then planning realistically how much you can get done each day so that when those other things come up, there's a little margin. I mean, right. we all have margin. So saying, if we're going to do math three times a week, that means we're really going to do, you know, we're actually going to commit to that and not get overwhelmed by trying to do it seven times a week, but we're going to do it three times a week and we're not going to compromise on that one. We're always going to do it. So if you miss it on Monday, you'll do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. So that still gives you some freedom then to have some flexibility and some variety in your schedule, but sticking with the things that you set out to do. And, and I think keeping that picture, I love the macro idea because you're like, what matters is where we're at next May. What matters is where we're at next June. And if we are working our way there slowly, we don't have to freak out and get the whole book done right now. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. take it slowly and keep chipping away at it. Right. I, I love that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Exactly. And, and this is where the, the quote unquote checklist thing can come in handy because I love, uh, like I love goal charts and if you can have a goal chart for, for you, but something that your kids can interact with as well, whether it's in their folders or on a, uh, on a wall or something where they can say, gosh, I read a chapter every day. That's all mom said I had to do. Yeah. And I finished the book in a month totally. or less than a month or something. Yeah. And yeah. it's something that they can internalize and feel proud of. And it gets you towards your goals. But when you have a million things on your on your mm -hmm. to-do list, it it feels insurmountable for you as a mom and especially for them. So if we start slow, we could begin with that simple schedule, add a little more at a time, like add less than you believe there should be. Yes. So like good. start with even less than that. Because yes. again, baby steps, small goals encourage us to move forward right. with more confidence. Hey friends, I just want to take a quick break here to thank this week's podcast sponsor, which is IEW, the Institute for Excellence in Writing. And what a timely sponsor since we're talking about homeschooling. For over 25 years, IEW has offered an effective method for teaching writing that encourages and inspires students and molds them into confident and competent communicators and thinkers. IEW offers language arts materials to students of all ages, K through 12. So if you ever hear me talk about homeschooling, you're going hear me mention IEW simply because it's been one of our favorite parts of our homeschool experience and that is not exaggerating at all. Now all of my boys have learned to write using IEW. This year Levi who will be fifth grade will be doing the structure and style 1A so you can look for that if you've got a child around that age. Levi's also going to be using IEW's fix-it grammar for the first time so I'll have to report back on how that goes but we're really excited to try it. Okay, so definitely go to IEW.com forward slash Monica Swanson. There will be links to all of the curriculums we've used right there. Check it out. If you want your kids to grow up to be good writers, which is so important in the world today, if you're hoping they can get into college, those essays are so important. I give all the credit to IEW for my boy's success so far. So go over there, check it out. There's links in show notes. And now back to my chat with Jen. I love it. And I think I'll say, because I'm picturing you mentioned that first day of school and, and I'm picturing some of you who are about to embark on your first, you know, maybe, maybe you're going to choose to actually use a homeschool curriculum and not use whatever your school is sending home since so many people won't be meeting again in a school. Uh, you know, imagine that first day your kids are preparing, wondering what this is going to look like. They might be a little bit terrified. And what if you just have three things for them to do? And then you said, let's go to the park. Let's go to the beach. Let's, let's watch a movie. I mean, do you know how much joy will be in that house yeah. when your kids realize that, you know, mom's kind of got a different approach. And so if you can have the confidence and the courage to not freak out and think you have to set your house up like a classroom, yeah. but you can actually enjoy this and savor it and trust us that they're getting enough. They're going to get enough and we're going to get to more of that. But I love number five, um, which again, these keep leading into one another. So you'll find, you'll find the list, but it says based on your experience. And, and I also was a school teacher for a little while before I started having kids. Homeschool is not 
the same as school at home. And you said it took you about a year to figure that out, just that it looks different, right? Being a homeschooler. It's kind of what we just talked about, I suppose. Yes. No, I'm, I, I had, um, when I was a classroom teacher, I loved to go to the teaching stores and get all the, the cute border things for your your pegboard and your, your posters that like, everything yeah. that was so all these motivational sayings. And, and mostly because I taught in a public school where it was nothing, the walls were white. It felt like mm -hmm. truly an yeah. institutional yes. <laughs> place. Yes. So I needed to brighten up that space, mm -hmm. right? I brought in my plants and my lamps and stuff, but being at home, I almost kind of felt the need to have a space where I could have a school room and still mm -hmm. use those fun posters and I did for yeah. a little while they um, are fun. and they, they are fun they, they can be but what I realized is that it it was it was affecting the way that I was thinking about mm -hmm. how to teach my kids sure. and even visually I'm like okay we do, we do love our giant map of the world and our giant map of the United States because we love and need to study geography right. um it's such an important um uh, a way to give them perspective of the world around them, right? So we need very realistically, you know, um, mapped out things like that. Mm -hmm. But the rest, I mean, books are so wonderful. And you can just, I love how you can just get lost in all kinds of beautiful picture books, um, mm -hmm. to have books around. Um, I've, I've tried not to have as many books around as I used to, because I started to think of them as, um, almost like trophies, like, look, we're, we're, we're an educating household or something like, do we get the books? No, you know, they, the space would have been better use otherwise. And we had to give them away to other people. Just basically use what you need to use for each school year. Right. So I stopped keeping tons of extra stuff around because again, I felt like I needed to be a classroom that served 30 kids when in mm -hmm. fact my two children they don't need just, much yeah they don't at all they don't if anything they needed more space at home to be able to be themselves right. to be able to rest so I started putting little little chairs in little corners of the house as reading nooks with a little pillow and a throw you know blanket or something to just help them to relax and and be free to create things you know we put posters on the wall that they can just write on or, or we cover the dining room table with paper and they can just go nuts and just create things or build little cardboard houses or something and um just letting their brains go was so much better than than trying to make school come to our home we yep. needed to make home our priority over over I, that and and I, I i love that and i think if you're looking for it to if you're in the mood to bake, you can turn that into a yes. lesson. Yes. And I've always said, you know, I'm not, I'm, I've never felt like a good unschooler. I couldn't bake in place of math, I don't think. But hey, mm -hmm. maybe they take it easy on math today, but you say, okay, come help me measure. How much flour is this? Yes. And what if we cut this in half, how much would that be? And they don't even realize they're doing it, but they're doing math. Mm -hmm. And you can turn just about anything into a lesson if you're looking for the opportunity. And and so this kind of leads us to the sixth point here, which is that you don't need a ton of curriculum. And this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I have learned this the hard way and I've tried many different curriculums. And the truth is I've loved something about every curriculum I've used. Mm -hmm. There are so many good ones. When people ask me, I have a hard time saying because I don't think that what I use is the only or the best. It's just what we've kind of settled on. And we just talked about consistency. I do think there hits a time, especially when the kids are in their high school years, where it helps to pick something and stick with it. Yes. I think with curriculum, there's no perfect curriculum, and you're probably going to like something about most of them. So it helps to try a couple different things and then just pick one and stick with it. That's my opinion, especially in high school. But you don't need to give them everything. And and I think that, um, well, I told you a story that I'll go ahead and repeat here. And I know people listening, there's a variety of ages represented, but it's really easy to get overwhelmed with the idea of curriculum because I think we're all wondering if we're giving them enough. And that was my biggest fear when I started homeschooling is, well, what if, what if 
I don't give my kids enough and then they're ready for their college years and they're not competitive. They don't have, they haven't learned enough. And Jen likes to talk about that word. So I'm going to let her speak to it as well. But especially when my son was, I think just about it to enter high school, I remember a friend of mine uh, on the mainland saying, oh, my boy's private school just opened a $10 million science wing. You should send Josiah to come live with us. And because he was really into science and she's like, then he would get a great science education. And my heart just started to pound because I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? Like I'm homeschooling him. I, I don't know much about science. I'm literally trusting a video teacher and a book and whatever my husband might teach on the side. And I'm like, surely I'm ruining his future. and I'm, He's going to fail. And the truth is his labs, his science labs all. And, you know, I, I'm not suggesting this is the best way, but most of the time he just watched a lab in a video. I didn't even go out and buy all the stuff. I didn't. Occasionally we happened to have this stuff on hand, but most of the time he watched a lab. So I wondered if I was ruining my son's future. And sure enough, he ends up getting into a good college, getting a scholarship to a good college. He goes to college, has his first lab and aces everything. I mean, he's fine. He's like, mom, I was plenty prepared. And I thought, I wish that I could have known that 10 years ago when I was stressing out about whether or not I would be giving him enough. It was enough. It was enough. And if you happen to love doing science experiments and you have all that stuff in hand, go for it. Enjoy it. I, I probably should have, and maybe I will with Levi, but the point is, is you're probably doing just fine with the very bare minimum. So Jen, you want to speak to the curriculum topic now? <laughs> oh gosh, I just love that story so much. That encourages me because you have an outcome to point to. You're able to say, and he turned out fine. <laughs> and so it's it's like I'm I'm still in the middle of, of this journey. I'm in the middle of motherhood, I like to say, but um, but I do know that um, in principle and in practice, not necessarily when it comes to the specific academic stuff they'll learn, but we are, we already have what our kids need. Mm -hmm. And if you're focused on building their character first, which means finish what you start, mm -hmm. which means maybe some days you need to step away and come back because you're getting too emotional or getting too frustrated. I have to do that a lot with my son and 10 out of 10 times he calms down, comes back and does it just fine. You know, so these are coping skills you're teaching them. And, and kids who struggle with harder um, subjects or they're thrown into college and they have to figure it out now on their own because they're adults. Um, the ones who do well, I find, are the ones who have that emotionally healthy foundation from their family. Yeah. You know, it, it really doesn't have much to do with the, the knowledge because the knowledge comes after wisdom, right? Because you can always learn. You can always learn yeah. if you have the character to be hardworking and yeah. willing to learn. Yes, exactly. And you know what? When it comes to comparing ourselves to other other moms or other teachers, um, you know, don't. <laughs> don't compare yourself. <laughs> Just don't do it. It's Thing. It's so tempting, but if you have to get off Instagram, quit listening to somebody, just do what you need to do to protect yourself from comparing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a difference between comparing and then letting it make your, you feel bad and not enough because enoughness, like that standard is constantly moving. Mm -hmm. It's constantly moving and it's, and you cannot achieve a standard that's constantly moving. Right. Um, yeah. Enoughness um, is, is something that's so subjective, but what you need to kind of switch your mind back to and, and tell yourself the truth is, is that God gives you everything that you need for every day. You mm -hmm. are the perfect mom for your children. You yes. are going to be given the tools you need to deal with each issue as it comes. And even if you don't know the exact right answer, you pray and ask for wisdom. Mm -hmm. You, and you can call a girlfriend, you can call another mom and just ask, be willing to, to be teachable Yes. because that's the difference between just comparing yourself and then feeling bad that, Oh, I don't have enough. So therefore I need to go get a master's degree in biology right. in order to teach my child. Yeah. And that's not true. You just need to be willing to ask the people you trust mm -hmm. because none of us know how to do everything. Yes. Especially when it comes to the high school subjects. That's why in regular school, that's why they separate teachers mm -hmm. 
who specialize in different sure. subjects at that point. And you can do the same thing even at home. You can send them to either a tutor or you can have them watch the videos like you did to to listen to someone and learn from someone who specializes in what you don't. I mean, that's what we do as adults, right? Don't we listen to podcasts and and sermons yes. and 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 self-help folks and right. you know whoever else you listen to to help you to right. get along in life yes. and, and so many people do ask me they're like but what do you do when they hit like the really hard math and i'm laughing i'm like did you think everybody has to know everything i'm like i have no idea what my son's doing in math but he has a video teacher and the truth is is and and here's something usually there's somebody they can turn to either you can get a, a tutor or online help, but my sons who have done really well, I believe part of the reason is they went back and rewatched the video. They dug into their book. They took the time because they weren't in a classroom where they only had 50 minutes. Sometimes math would take, I mean, high school math, when it got hard, I'd be like, Hey, I can't help you go back, rewatch that video. And they did. And they did. And they did. And I think that they learned at that point how to learn. I think they yeah. to learn how to learn. And I am so convinced that that helped them get through the SATs that helped get them through their college. I mean, only one's been through two years of college, but I have confidence that Jonah's going to do well because he knows how to learn and he had to. And so as much as I think, wow, I could have got him a tutor. I'm like, you know, I think it was okay that I didn't because he was kind of forced to learn. Now, some kids wouldn't press on, they would need a little bit more handholding and that's okay too. But for him, I think that was a really good thing. And so, and I will say about that lab experience, because you mentioned character. I believe that they, my son did fine watching a lab because he was fully focused. He was taking notes. He was studying what the teacher was doing. Now somebody else might space out, might not do it, might, you know, get on YouTube while their videos going, which some of my kids have got caught doing. And so a little different. <laughs> hey, I do that. <laughs> when I'm supposed to be working, I do that. I'm like, why, why are you watching Jimmy Fallon again, Jen? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, amen. So the key here is if they have the character, if they are really developing those character qualities and you're holding them accountable to what they're to be doing, then yeah, they're, they're going to do fine. So curriculum back on our list, we don't need a ton of curriculum. One question that's come up from a few people recently, I've mentioned that right now, um, my younger sons do mostly a Becca and then we use dive, which is a math and science curriculum. But I've mentioned IEW for writing. And like I said, I interviewed Andrew Pudwan. People are like, but how do you do IEW on top of a Becca? And that's where I say, I love um, what we just covered here. I usually start with a Becca. I don't throw IEW in on day one. I let him get used to that a Becca for a couple of weeks. And then I'm like, hey, today we're going to do, you know, go real quick through your lesson in a Becca, and we're going to take an hour and do a writing lesson together. And we might do IEW twice a week. It's not every day. And so that's, and it's a fun day because it's not every day. And so that's where I think it's really important to start with the basics and then add on, Hey, we're going to do an art class today. You have nothing going on after school. We're going to throw art in, or we're going to actually do a science experiment. Cause when they're little science experiments are fun. And I do encourage you to do science when they're little. Um, but that's here. Um, you have, you don't need a ton of curriculum, but you mentioned the core curriculum. Do you want to cover what the core is you would recommend that everyone cover? Yeah, so even from uh, a young age, especially if you're starting around kindergarten or so, you know, or first grade, uh, phonics and grammar. Phonics is being able to help them to break down language. Mm -hmm. So sounds, the, the, the different sounds that our, our letters make yeah. in the English language. Um, and then grammar, mm -hmm. basically putting the, them together mm -hmm. and, and finding patterns. Like it, it's fun to play with patterns in, in sounds and language and letters and words and things. And there, there, are, um, there are lots of different phonics grammar curriculums out there. So whatever you choose, like just, just Google. use it. Just use it for what it yeah. is, you know, and get through it. Um, where you would add the writing and the writing and handwriting, it goes hand in hand. A lot of homeschool moms really want to make sure they hit the handwriting thing. Mm -hmm. And it is very important. I tell you, keep them 
off of uh, a keyboard um, until they learn to write, mm. you know, themselves as much as you can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So we, do, we, do, like, we even do cursive, which my husband tells me is completely outdated, but I'm like, I don't care. It's a discipline and it's good for them. So I make my boys learn cursive in their early years. And I know not everyone does, but yes. I'm old school like that. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And because, you know, your, your husband's a doctor, so he works in a different field. He's not over here reading a ton of like. If you see his writing, you'll know he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we just need you to fix our body. We don't care if the writing looks like. Um, but be, uh, and what I've heard too, I, I love cursive handwriting. I still write in cursive. And I, I just because I love to, my grandma's handwriting was beautiful. And there is something about, um, and I don't have the exact science. I'm going to look it up and do a whole blog post or podcast on it is when your brain puts together the letters of cursive writing, it does something very different than when you print and especially when you type. It doesn't, um, it allows your brain to process things differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it is a lost art. I am so sad that it's not taught in school. So hit it as much as you can at home. And um, then when they're older, they'll be able to read historical documents like the constitution. They'll be able to, to look at the the pieces of history that have you know that we don't want to lose now we can look at them ourselves we can decipher them we can tell you know um through language and learning you know what what's coming up from that so writing is important and then being able to put sentences together legibly communicating legibly yes. is important even if you're just writing a friendly note to grandma right. you know you've got to learn to use language uh, the written language for um, for what it is, because it helps you to think more critically about what you plan to say and how you're going to say right. it. I, for the summer, I'm trying to have Levi as many days as possible. I'm not the most consistent, but just write in a journal. And he really mm -hmm. resists that. He, His brothers enjoyed writing more than he does when they were at his age. But I say, you can choose to write what you did today or yesterday if it's in the morning. Um, something you're looking forward to. You can copy a Bible verse. You can do a prayer, but I want it to be a, at least one sentence and hopefully two to four. And there should be a period at the end of the sentence and it should start with a capital. So it's kind of practicing. And sometimes during the school year, we do the same, but I think just writing in a journal, just being in the practice of writing is really helpful. If I were given over to himself, he would use Siri for everything. So even talking in the phone, he wants to just use yeah. Siri to, you know, oh, I say, well, you text your dad and he'll, he, he'll do it through his voice. And I'm like, okay, this world is going crazy. <laughs> I know. And then get him on a keyboard when they can. Um, okay. So we covered, let's just finish our core curriculum curriculum before we move on to the last point here you said phonics and grammar writing and then math math science and yeah. history so if you take those core curriculums and there's going to be a lot of integration meaning that you can look at two different subjects at the same sure. time like science and history when you study scientific inventors you're doing you're studying the science behind the history and then maybe a little math is thrown in there too so all of these subjects can absolutely integrate yeah. and that's what a lot of the schools are trying to come to now when they do group um kind of uh, project-based learning is what a lot of the, the the institutional schools are doing because they're seeing interesting they're seeing the benefit of integrating subjects like you would if you were learning it yeah. at home and you didn't have to separate it like that. So in my opinion, the schools are kind of following yeah. the homeschool model yeah. now. <laughs> They're realizing how much totally. it works um, to do project-based, like whole project-based education. Um, and then the things that you can supplement with, and some may have different opinions about this because again, depending on what your strengths are as a parent, if you supplement with things like art, music, and reading, all of those things can be woven into your core yes. curriculum. So you learn about something, you read an, a book mm -hmm. about it, you um, you study a, a painter, and then you actually, mm -hmm. you know, practice his techniques, his or her techniques, you know, music, listen to music all the time. I mean, put on Mozart in the background while right. they're doing something else. And it's, they get used to ingesting mm -hmm. it and hearing it. Save those, those, um, those, school subjects um, 
for the larger chunk of their day and then whatever else you do I mean you know after that throw on some praise music or something or I know the radio I love that for the so what I typically do for the core is we always start with bible just because I think that's just so foundational for their day but then I typically Mm -hmm. have Levi do get through his math and his grammar early in the day and um and some writing. And then after lunch will be the history and the science and things that we might snuggle up and read a story about history or read science or do a science experiment at the kitchen counter. And I agree with you having music on in the background is such a, it just adds such a sweet, um, just ambiance to the whole day. And I usually have a candle burning (laughs) and here I am in Hawaii. As soon as it's like September, I'm burning my fall candles and I'm playing Yep. Now my sons are so funny because they're like college age and they're always, they have their candles burning and their music on. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> look at this. But I think it's such a nice environment for learning. And um, so I love all that. Well, the last one here so that we don't keep people all day is um, when you're tempted to gather too many things, just in case you say, just use what you need now and trust God to provide the rest later. And so all of those things that we just named, can wait. So if you've just got a very basic curriculum and whether you want to use something like CC or a Becca, which I'll link to. So pick, pick a curriculum if it helps you like a Becca or CC, but you can also, if they're little, I think you'll agree, Jen, you can order simple phonics curriculum, get a math mm-hmm. book. I mean, most of us can handle the early math years. <laughs> yeah. I get to the hard stuff. I mean, it's kind of fun for me to go through multiplication and division with them. Um, But you can just start with real simple stuff. You don't have to spend a fortune. You can just get the core. Mm -hmm. And then once you're like, you know what, we're doing pretty good. We're done at noon every day. Then it's like, okay, now add some art. Now add some music. Mm -hmm. Find a YouTube channel that teaches basic music skills. If you've got a musical instrument on hand or whatever else it might be. So is that kind of how you approach it, Jen? Yeah, yeah, just and and allow them to learn through play, especially as they're little. Mm-hmm. Um, keep the screens off for a majority of the day if you can help yes. it, please. And they don't need it mm-hmm. um, to learn. They they learn by discovering the world around yeah. them. Even my 10 and 11 year old, we've had to cut way back. We let the screens become more important, especially over the quarantine period. And, um, and we had to have a discussion with them recently that, you know, you're it's okay to feel bored because your creativity is born out of feeling bored. And, you know, some days are harder to get out of the house than others, but there, there really is so much possibility here that we don't need it to be um, artificially stimulated by, by screens. That's so important. Sometimes you got to backpedal. I've done that myself. Also, I think a lot of us through this quarantine and summertime are finding that we need to back up a little and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And that's okay. school year is probably a good time to kind of reset in a lot of areas to say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm do things a little different. Maybe a good time to pick up the chore list, pick up some of the things that we've gotten slack about or disorganized and just have a new schedule. Well, um, this has been a good long talk. We've covered a lot, but I want people to know what you have to offer, where they can find and follow you and check out you know, if they want more support when it comes to simplifying this homeschool process, tell us where they can get that. Yeah, well, well, one of the, the, the side resources we we're talking about earlier about being enough as a mom or feeling like you're giving your kids enough. Uh, I, I did a, um, a podcast series through the Practical Family Podcast on uh, being enough, and it's called Strong Enough. You know, you are strong enough to, to lead your kids where, where they need to go. You're strong enough to to uh, use the strengths that you have naturally as a mom. And so check out the Strong Enough series through the podcast. It's right there on the podcast page. And then what I recently opened up was um, an exclusive membership program for homeschool moms who need the support to keep their homeschool life simple and effective. And it's called Homeschool Made Simple. Mm. And what I'm slowly adding, like as people are coming in and these members are discovering the great... um, you know, resources we already have for them there. I have a lot of printables for education, both for moms and for kids. Uh, a lot of them follow the CC curriculum already, but other um, 
freebies I have in there have more to do with organization and your day and just coming back to the simplicity of what homeschool is about. I also offer an exclusive Facebook group where I invite guest speakers to come in. And Monica, you were my very first guest speaker. <laughs> I love it. And so that conversation was just so beautiful. And it's living there in the private Facebook group that only members have access to. And by making it exclusive, it makes it intimate. It makes it an intimate time for moms to come and share their, their thoughts, their, their joys, mm -hmm. their praises, their fears, their worries with other moms who are invested in making their lives as simple as possible so they can be the most effective that they can be. Mm -hmm. So homeschool makes so... simple. Yeah, it's right there on, on my homeschool page on practicalfamily.org and you can link to it in Monica's show notes. Um, yeah. But I have the homeschool page that explains more about CC, the curriculum that we do, but also the, um, the membership program as well. I love that. Well, I, I highly recommend people check it out. If you're, if you're just starting off, especially if you don't have anyone close to you that you know to turn to on the daily, a group like this could make all the difference in the world. So I really recommend everybody check that out. And then if people want to find you on social media, where can they track you down and just start following you, Jen? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Pinterest. I've got great Pinterest boards with a lot of um, uh, different ideas on there for your homeschool day and recipes and family life and stuff like that. So you your Instagram name if people want to start by finding you right there now? Practical underscore family. There we go. And we'll link to all of those in the show notes. But track down Jen. Oh, you're such an encouragement to me. And I know so many people will benefit from what you have to offer. So thank you for taking the time to have this chat today, Jen. Absolutely. I'd love it. Love it. Anytime. All right. We'll have you back on again. God bless. God bless. All right, friends. I hope that conversation brought you some encouragement. Definitely go over to show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode number 65. We'll have links to everything that we talked about and to Jen and all the places you can find her and her homeschooling made simple membership group. If that is something that sounds helpful to you. And I think a lot of you would really benefit from it. Also, I want to thank my end of show sponsor, Surface Sunscreen, and we're about to pick the July winner of the sunscreen bundle, and they give away a lot of really good stuff. Summer's not over yet. You got to protect your skin, so be sure to jump into those show notes. I've got a question over there. Leave a quick response in the comments, and you'll be entered to win the July bundle from Surface Sunscreen. Remember, Surface offers 20% off everything on their site using the code BOYMOM, so don't miss out on that. They've got all sorts of yummy stuff that smell delicious, protect your skin, made in America, and you're just going to become a big fan of Surface. I love hearing from people because I've mentioned Surface for years now, and I get emails from people who are like, I found Surface through you like three years ago, and I've been using it exclusively ever since. And I always love to hear that. So check out Surface. They're our friends. We love them. They're Luke's sunscreen sponsor for his surfing. So support all that they're doing. Okay, guys, thank you for being here. Good luck to you as you make all of your choices. I know you're going to do well. Everything's going to be okay. God's still on the throne and we're going to get through all this together. Okay. So spread the word about this podcast. Love the community that's being built here. And I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and until next time, aloha.